Thanks for listening to the Dearest Doula podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Sines, and this is episode 112. Welcome, dearest doula community. I'm really excited to introduce you to today's guest. She is a Dona certified birth doula. She's also Rebozo certified and hypnobabies trained. She's a member of the Capital City Doula Collective and is currently serving clients in the Placer and Sacramento County areas. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show Miss Carmen Oates. Hi there, Carmen. Hi, Natalie. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for coming on and joining us today. Um, I give our listeners just a really brief overview. Why don't you take a minute to tell us a little more about yourself? Okay. I currently live in Lincoln, California, and I am married and am a mom of three children, ages 15, 13, and 6. And for a long time, I was a homeschooling mom, and this year has been my very first year in eight years that I haven't homeschooled any of my kids. And I mostly have spent my time caring for my family and volunteering, and now that I'm a doula, I'm really enjoying supporting families in their birth journey. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing that little bit about yourself with us. And I'm really excited to dive into your birth worker journey today. But before we jump into that, what I'd like to do is take a moment to ask you to share the short and sweet of what you provide as a birth worker with us. Now, this is a question I like to pose to all of my guests because I know in the beginning, and honestly to this day, I still struggle with trying to find a really succinct way of explaining what a doula does to people that never heard of this line of work. So Carmen, let's say you're meeting someone for the first time and they don't know what a doula is or what a doula does, how would you explain that in around 10 seconds or less? Okay. I'll give it my best <laughs> shot. Okay. I would, I think I would say, or I do try to say, I support families in their birth journey by giving each one the unique resources, emotional support, and physical support they need. Now, if they are still staring at me like a deer in the headlights or <laughs> like they are confused, what I say is something a lot more down to earth, I guess, is the way I would put it. And what I say is I help families in their birth journey. I help them before their birth to prepare and understand their birth choices. I help them during their birth with emotional and physical support as a coach. And I help them after their birth with whatever resources they may need in order to start a healthy breastfeeding journey with their baby, if that's what they desire, and a great start as a family. Awesome. Oh, that was great, Carmen. I loved that. Thank you for sharing that with us. Sure. (laughs) So next what I'd like to do is touch on your origin story. And again, this is something else we ask all of our listeners to share because I can't think of anything more inspiring than hearing how other birth workers came into this line of work. And this show was created for that new and prospective birth worker. So getting to hear that might really help to kind of nudge them along in their own journey. So Carmen, if you wouldn't mind, just kind of share with us what you were doing prior to becoming a birth worker, what it was that inspired you, and then if anything in particular was holding you back, how you were able to work through that and and make that work. We'd love to hear it. Sure. My inspiration for becoming a birth worker really came a long time before I actually became a a birth worker. I had the opportunity to attend a La Leche conference in 2002 with my second child, And I remember holding him in a sling and coming out into the lobby and seeing a table, which at the time was sponsored by an organization called ALACE. Mm -hmm. 
which I think stands for American Labor and Childbirth Educators. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw this sign that they that was posted about supporting women in childbirth. And all this information on the table about being a doula. And that was the first time I had even heard the word doula. I had not heard of a, of a doula before that. I've heard of childbirth coaches, but the word doula was very new. And I read all about it and I gathered all this information and I took it home and I thought, wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be amazing if I could be that person that could help mothers have their babies? And by this point in my life, I was already very captivated by birth and spent a lot of time at the park reliving birth stories with my girlfriends and supporting my sisters in childbirth and reading about birth and feeling inspired about birth and loving birth pictures. And so I, I emerged into this dream slowly and with a lot of passion for women and babies in general. And about 10 years after that, my family had the opportunity to take a long-term vacation, um, a sabbatical for my husband. And during that sabbatical, we did some reevaluation. And one of the things we talked about was, was, am I growing? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do I feel like I'm missing in my life? And I said, you know, I feel like I'm not learning. I feel like that piece of my life where I am pursuing a deep passion other than my kids who have been my greatest passion. It's like, I need to nurture that. And my husband mm-hmm. said, well, what are you waiting for? And I said, well, I just think being a doula would be too hard on our family. I think it would be hard for me to be on call and it would be difficult for me to leave the kids for long periods of time. And right. what would you do if I suddenly disappeared and you had to take care of everybody? And, you know, so I went through all this list of questions and he said, you know, it just sounds to me like there's never going to be a great time for you to do this. So you might as well just do it now. Mm-hmm. He said, you might as well just pursue this. And that's kind of what was the tipping point for me. I had been dreaming about it. I had been talking about it. And people would say, what would you like to do once your kids are out of the house? I'd say, I would love to be a doula. And so I did it. I had some close friends who were close to having their babies. And I shared with them that I was going to be pursuing my doula certification. And they graciously invited me into their birth space. And I was able to pretty quickly complete my certifying births, my required births for Dona. And um, I made the transition into birth work really with the help of my community, the help of my friends, the help of the women that surrounded me and, you know, my small groups and my mom community. And really they're the ones who brought me through it because on those days when I was on call and my husband really couldn't help or wasn't available, they're the ones who took care of my kids and they're the ones who really helped me usher in this new season of my life. And it was just an amazing transition for me and and a difficult one. I think I discovered so many things that I didn't realize would be challenging and so many things that were as equally wonderful as they were challenging. Awesome. Well, I'm really excited to get into some of those challenges and those moments of wonder. And I'm I'm so happy to hear the support that you had from your spouse and him really posing that question to you. You know, what better time than now? If there, if there yeah. isn't a good time, then might as well just get started. And so yeah. that's so cool that, you know, you had that support and not only from your, your spouse, but it sounds like the rest of the people in your, your little tribe and your village mm-hmm. around you. 
And um, and I just I just want to throw out another little side note. You mentioned at that Alecha League conference that you saw a booth for um, Alice. And so now, just in case any listeners were kind of scratching their heads over that, Alice is, or Two Labor was formerly Alice. And so that's a, another great doula organization. And mm-hmm. if our listeners are interested in learning more about them, you can check out episodes 57 and 58. We had the founder, Therese Hakun, who came on and shared her own birth worker journey, and then a little more about the organization themselves. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, I'm glad you did, because I know the name had changed. Yeah, yeah. But I couldn't quite remember what the new name had changed to. Oh, no problem. Awesome. Well, so I'm really excited to jump in um, to our next segment, and that is you sharing a big moment of struggle. Now, as birth workers, we know things aren't always rainbows and unicorns, and yeah. like one guest put it, we do have our big moments of ups and downs, and this work can be can be exhausting and it can be it can be difficult and we can hit those lows and hit those walls and so I feel like it's really important to share those times with our listeners who are considering birth work just to give them again that dose of reality and letting them know yes things are going to get or you may experience difficulties but hopefully we're also sharing how we're overcoming them and how we use them to our advantage yeah um, so that again if if it is those fears or those concerns that's holding them back then this is just one more story to help inspire them to push through mm-hmm. so Carmen if you wouldn't mind just taking us back to a specific point in time where you really struggled we'd love to hear how you were able to work that out okay this is kind of a hard story for me. You know, I was at a birth where my client and her, okay, let me start over. Sure. I was at a birth. So I was supporting a birth for a wonderful couple. They hired me when they were 38 weeks pregnant Hmm. and really had been thinking about hiring a doula, but hadn't pulled the plug on it. And then I was referred to them by a friend. And so they hired me and two days later they went into labor. And so we had very little time to prepare. Mm -hmm. And so I went into the birth still really trying to get to know the family, still trying to be a good listener and build some of that knowledge and trust that I typically build during my prenatal time with families while they were already beginning their labor. Right. And I was actually finishing up a birth when they called me. And so I was in the middle of a totally different birth experience at the time and was providing them with some phone support as I was able to during the birth. And then when that birth wrapped up, I headed over to them and they had decided to wait a little while to go into the hospital. They had chosen a hospital for their birthplace. And we had had a chance to briefly speak about their hospital location and I just asked them briefly, I said, you know, as your doula, I just wanted to remind you one more time that I think that there's probably another option for you in terms of your birth preferences matching with your birth location, Mm -hmm. which is one of the things that I always like to let the clients know. If I know anything about the birth culture in a hospital, I like to bring it up and say, these are some of the things that really may not match with what you really want. The common practices of this hospital either do or don't support the type of birth that you would like to have. And I like to let them know that ahead of time so that they can decide what they want to do. And, you know, sometimes families will decide to find a new birthplace and sometimes families 
won't or they don't have the choice to. And so we just navigate that the best as we can. Sure. And so this client had shared with me as soon as I saw her that her physician had informed her that she thought she needed a C-section because her baby was too big. And my client did not receive that well. She was crying. She was upset. This had been mentioned to her before in a prenatal meeting, and she was crying and upset after that, after this prenatal appointment with her doctor. And I wasn't really sure exactly how to respond to the situation in the sense that I did not have any history. I did not have any knowledge of any kind of tests that had been run or anything like that. And so, of course, I typically would have had some sort of discussion with the client after that prenatal appointment and maybe resource them to some articles on big babies and induction and C-section and tried to help them navigate this choice in a non-pressured environment. But here Mm -hmm. she was right under the gun. Her, her amniotic sac was ruptured and she was facing this decision. And so she said, I would really like to labor. I would really like to try this. And so that, that's a decision that was made. That's a decision that she wanted. And so we began this journey of her induction and it was a very difficult journey. It was a very long journey for her and it was a very stressful journey because her physician was not supportive of her decision. Mm -hmm. And even though the physician was trying to uh, I guess, give the mother this opportunity. It was, uh, it was met with a lot of negativity. Mm. And every time there was a conversation in the room between the physician and my client, my client was always in tears because she felt that the OB was very negative and had nothing positive to say to her. Mm-hmm. And so I began to have this sinking feeling in my stomach and this thought of, you know, here comes the C-section train and what can we really do to stop it? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and I thought to myself, okay, I had to kind of gather my thoughts and, and remind myself I was very tired because I had been at a previous birth, as I mentioned, and I had not slept. So I reminded myself, okay, let's think through some options here. Let's think through what are the mother's preferences What are some of her choices? What are some of the things that she can consider during this time? She chose to begin her induction unmedicated. She did not want to have any any type of medication, and so she was on Pitocin. And after about 24 hours of that, she decided she wanted to continue unmedicated. And again, another conversation ensued. And so two and a half days into this labor, you could cut through the tension in this birth room with a knife. Wow. And I was feeling like I was losing my ability to bring positivity into the situation. Mm -hmm. I was feeling inadequate. (laughs) (laughs) I was feeling that I just didn't have any more resources to give. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and I had actually, I forgot to mention this. I had been, um, I had been working with a with a local organization um, previously at another birth where I volunteered um, with a mentor doula, uh, with a student doula as a mentor doula, and mm-hmm. so that same student doula backed me up for this birth because of because originally when this client went into labor, I was at another birth. I called her and said, "Can you back me up? Right. Once my client goes to the hospital, can you come?" She said, "Yes." Well. She checked in on me during the birth, and she said, "How are you doing? I know you went right from one birth to another." And and I said, you know, I feel like I'm really losing objectivity and I think I need a break. Mm-hmm. 
and she said, okay, I'm going to come and respite you. Mm-hmm. And so she came and I went home and I slept for like four and a half hours. And then she had to go to work <laughs> the next mm-hmm. day. So I went back in the morning and she went to work and then she came back again later that night. And so right around this point where I felt like, okay, I don't, I don't know what else I have left to offer. I was trying to be a good listener. I was trying to be encouraging to mom, give her lots of positive feedback, give dad lots of positive feedback. Their birth preference was for him to be the primary hands-on birth coach. Uh, Mom really was an amazing and strong and very, very calm considering her birth environment was not very peaceful. Mm -hmm. She was extremely centered on her wishes and what she wanted. She was extremely determined. She was very calm and so it, it was really more a question of trying to put, use touch to bring comfort to her where in different parts of her body where she was feeling soreness or tension, wiping her brow with a washcloth. So at this point, my, you know, my backup doula came and one of the best things was just during a decision-making moment, we went for a walk and being outside and getting in the sunshine and just having a whole new environment and the two of us getting to process a little bit was super helpful to me. And I think that at that point, my heart just began to sink because I knew that the support that my client needed and the faith in the birth process that she needed just wasn't there in her birth environment. Mm -hmm. And I could tell that that was affecting both of them. And I could tell that no matter how much faith that I was trying to bring into the birth environment, um, there was only so much that we could do. And so the pushing stage began and she pushed for an hour and a half and the OB said, you know, we're done. You've been pushing for this long and your baby's not going to come out this way. And your baby's going to have shoulder dystocia and all these things are going to happen. And then finally, um, my client just said, I, but I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. And so I just continued to support. I continued to give resources as much as I could, though that's a very difficult thing to do in the middle of a birth is to try to sit there and have a client read an article. Right. Um, But I tried to talk a little bit about the risks of a shoulder dystocia delivery and what some of those risks might involve. I suggested that they consult, get a second opinion from another OB in the hospital if they were feeling like they still couldn't make this decision. One of the partners felt like, I think that we should go ahead with surgery. Hmm. Birthing mom felt like, no. So I finally just said, you know, as your doula, I cannot make this decision for you. I can only support what you decide. And if you feel in your heart that this is what your wife needs, you have to have an honest conversation with her. Mm -hmm. You have to tell her how you feel. And this was a conversation that the dad requested to have with me outside. And I said, I really think the best thing is for the both of you to be on the same page and to find unity. So he went back in the room and, you know, they had their conversation. I said, I'll wait out here. And so they continued to try and make this decision. And in the end, they did consent to a surgical birth and they had a beautiful, healthy baby girl who had done tremendously well through a long, long induction Mm. and, there was a lot of disappointment surrounding the birth. I didn't get to see mom afterwards because of hospital policy, even though I waited around for like two hours. I almost couldn't stay awake anymore. I had been awake for just so long and I needed to go home. Mm-hmm. So I came back and saw them 
the next day and the my my backup doula actually did the very first the day one visit and I and I think I came at day three but um I think that in that moment I thought to myself what difference did I really make the last two and a half days (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know um I struggled because I felt at that as a birth worker I was in not maybe not uh promoting the right view of doulas. I felt the nurses were, had a very negative view towards me. In fact, one of the nurses even said, a lot of the nurses are really bent out of shape that you're here, but I used to be a doula and I welcome doulas because I know how helpful they can be to the birthing mothers. So I knew that there was people talking about me in the hallway. Um, you know, the doctors stopped making eye contact with me. The nurses were really cold. And like I said, you could just really cut through the tension, you know, with a knife. And I don't know if the perception was that I was somehow telling my client what she needed to do and that she needed to resist this, that, you know, people were frustrated about the whole situation. There was a lot of tension that I think the hospital staff was worried about a negative outcome. Right. And so I think that I was just really discouraged in that moment. I, I was definitely having, um, a low point, a, a very, a very deep point of struggle with, should I even be worried about what the professional staff thinks? I'm doing the best thing for my client right now. But then I was thinking, well, this is my local hospital. I'm coming back here again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see all these people very soon. And what are they going to think about me? And I think that the way that I really came out of that point of struggle was through partnership. I not only had the partnership of my uh, support doula, who was wonderful, a great listener and a great encourager. I had the partnership of other experienced doulas on the phone. I called a couple of them and I texted a couple of them to say, this is what's going on. And they were there encouraging me. I took several short walks during that time. And that really helped me to take a minute to pray and to ask God to help me and to really be outside of that environment to try and get some new perspective. And looking back on that, I see so many positives of that experience for me because as a doula, it really helped me refine my vision for what I do in terms of who am I really there for? I'm not really there for myself. Mm -hmm. I'm there for my moms and their families, and I'm not there for the staff. And I realized in that moment that sometimes being a doula means maybe not being in a very supportive environment where, where had a doula not been present, a family would have been completely alone. Right. And sometimes being a doula is not popular. And sometimes being a doula is a job that's misunderstood. And I deeply wanted to be understood. And I just had to let that go. And I think the way that that has made me a better birth worker is just to know that sometimes I'm going to be in a challenging birth environment and sometimes I'm going to be in a really supportive birth environment where I'm welcomed. And both times I have to keep my focus on supporting the clients that I serve and on remembering why I'm there and what my clients' wishes are and knowing that as long as I'm doing my best job to support that family, that I'm being successful. Oh, Carmen, you know, after every interview or every little segment, I like to try to say something to touch on the story, but you really just laid it all out there. And um, I mean, you even followed yourself up with all of these great lessons and insights from your experience. And I I don't even know what I could add to that. That was well. <laughs> beautiful and touching. And I'm I'm so thankful that you had the courage to take us to that moment with you. I really 
I could feel that tension. You know, I like you said, um, there's such a big difference when you're in a room with care providers and a team who are supportive versus yes. just being tolerant. And it sounds yes. like that's what that that family was facing in that moment and, um, and having you there and I, you know, you face some extraordinary circumstances and I'm amazed at the spirit that that mom and her partner were able to hold on to throughout the birth. And you were doing everything you needed to do to take care of you too. You took those walks, you took those breaks, you tapped into a belief system that works and nurtures you as well. And so of course you're going to come out of it feeling, you know, totally late out but I'm so glad that (laughs) after taking that time to reflect that you can recognize the beauty and the wonder in this experience too you know and so I'm so I'm so thankful I that's really all I have to add to that because there there isn't (laughs) you did a beautiful job in in bringing that to us and and outlining that so thank no thank you yeah and I think the only thing I would add Natalie if I could is sure you mentioned the strength of the birthing family and I just want to say that Sometimes when I'm in a situation where I feel really tired or really challenged, I do remember the strength of that birthing mom. And she inspired me deeply. Her courage and her faith in herself and in her desires and in her intuition and into what she felt was right for herself and her baby were such an empowering and encouraging thing to witness. I hate to Mm -hmm. use the word thing. I I don't (laughs) even know what to call them, but just to witness her courage and to witness her strength and to witness her self-resolve, I think also taught me a lot about being strong. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was so great because it's like you said, not only are our listeners going to feel inspired by all of the strength that you showed in that situation, but also that mom. I mean, her story, her spirit really shines through in that testimony. And so, again, I'm just, I'm so glad you got to share that with us. So, awesome. (laughs) So, our next segment kind of touches on the flip side of that big moment of struggle. And that has you walk us through what I like to call a movie moment. But even more simply put, this is just a time as a birth worker where you thought to yourself, this This is why I do what I do. I was meant to be right here, right now. We know that just about every situation can fit that, but if you wouldn't mind just highlighting one for us, we'd love to hear that. Sure. The one that came to mind for me was the story of a mom who had been told repeatedly that she just couldn't achieve the birth she wanted. Mm -hmm. A lot of her friends weren't supportive of her birth preferences. They were not encouraging to her. And she she had in the back of her mind thought to herself, I really want to try to feel my birth. Mm -hmm. I want to be present to as much of it as I can. And for her, that meant not using medication. For her, that meant trying to give her body whatever time it needed to labor and to really have a very low intervention birth. And what that began to mean to her over time became more and more clear to her and more and more important to her. And she just continued to receive a lot of negative feedback from her friends. And I just said to her, you know, I really believe that if this is the path that you want to take, then you can do this. You can embark on this journey. I said, you know, birth is unpredictable and sometimes we don't know what lies ahead of us, but there is no reason for you to doubt your body and there's no reason for you to doubt yourself. If this is the birth you want, let's pursue it and let's see, you know, let's see where the birth journey takes you. And she said, you know, you're the first person who's told me that you're the first person who's told me I can have the birth that I want. 
you're the first person who's told me to believe in myself. And she did achieve her, her birth goals. She did. She had a beautiful birth. She was very present to it. She was very prepared. She did a lot of self-education and reading. She couldn't afford to take a birth preparation class. And so she checked out books from the library and she watched movies online and she devoured every possible resource that I could get my hands on to pass on to her. And she really prepared herself and really made up her mind what she wanted to do. And thankfully she was able to find that birth space that she needed for herself and, and achieve this birth and experience the birth that she had dreamed about. And I, at the end of that time, when we were in the postpartum meeting, she said to me, I feel so much stronger as a woman. Mm. She said, I had no idea that having this birth experience would give me faith in other places of my life. She said, I had no idea it was going to make me more confident overall and make me feel more empowered in different places not related to birth. She said, I thought it was all about birth, but really, I feel like a more confident mom now. I feel like I can make decisions for my baby. I feel like just because someone says something doesn't mean that I have to accept that. And honestly, in that postpartum meeting, I just felt like this is awesome. Mm -hmm. This is what I want to be a part of. I want to be a part of women feeling confident. I want to be a part of women feeling empowered and strong and as though they can make decisions and be a voice for themselves and for their families. Oh, that's awesome. My goodness. Can we just have you on every week sharing different <laughs> stories? Because I'm loving all of this. That was absolutely gorgeous. And um, Carmen, I mean, you, that was just such a, another beautiful testimony. And, you know, it highlighted something different here. And it is that when we take on these clients and we are honored with, you know, going through them through that, that sacred rite of passage in their lives, um, we're experiencing so much, you know, we're, we're yeah. or witnessing so much. And, and we are, we're seeing these moments of empowerment and it's, it goes so much more beyond just the physiological aspect of birth. You got to see somebody bloom into a newer part of themselves and, and to be able to, to be a part of that, that empowerment and see that transformation with the client that that's just amazing. And so I'm, I'm so glad we got to hear that one too. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> awesome. Well, before we get into the nitty gritty, we're going to pause for a moment to get a quick word in from our sponsors. Okay. Are you a doula or childbirth professional who wants to deliver the best experience to your clients? Do you also want to make sure you're being smart about the best ways to run your business? If so, consider joining Your Birth Experience. Their training and curriculum is used nationwide by childbirth professionals who learn how to connect with clients, identify their needs, and equip them for their own unique experience. Participants of Your Birth Experience will also learn valuable branding, sales, marketing, and pricing strategies. They empower you with confidence by combating myths with facts, using simple and effective training techniques, and by getting you the tools and resources you need to make informed decisions. Learn more about their step-by-step -step training process at yourbirthexperience.com and use the code DEAREST-DOULA for 10% off your purchase. Do you want to build a doula business that supports you as well as your clients? 
If you love being a doula with all of your heart, yet struggle to find clients to grow a thriving business, Babo Mia's Don't Doula It Yourself business trainings and memberships are here to guide you every step of the way. So whether you want trainings on social media, goal setting, marketing, or more, they have trainings that you're going to absolutely love. So please visit them at training.babomia.com and click on the pay-per-view tab for a complete list of trainings, including a really amazing and totally free business prep school video series. You can also use the code DEAREST to get 50% off any of their pay-per-view videos or monthly membership. Again, that website was training.babomia.com, and Babomia is spelled B-E-B-O-M-I-A. All right, Carmen, we are back and getting into the nitty-gritty where we just get to learn a little bit more about you and how you work. So what would you say is your biggest strength as a birth worker? I would say probably my calmness and faith in the birth process. I think that I stay pretty calm under pressure situations most of the time. And I think that that's um, a strength in the sense that I can be very patient and I can be feeling a lot of faith in the birth process, even if it's taking a long time. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, Alternatively, what would you say is your biggest weakness as a birth worker? Definitely my biggest weakness is my mothering instinct. Um, I try to fix things or want to fix things or want everything to be great. I want my clients to have everything they've ever dreamed of and wanted. And when they don't, I feel disappointed for them. I feel very protective of them. And, you know, sometimes that can really be a weakness because we all know that in the end we have to surrender to the birth journey. We cannot – birth is a living thing, and sometimes it goes – differently than we planned and there it takes a lot of flexibility and Mm -hmm. it takes a lot of letting go and as a professional it's my job to let go and to just support and to be positive and to help my clients find meaning in whatever birth experience they have because I believe that all births have meaning regardless of whether or not they went as planned and so the mothering part of me wants everything to go just as planned and just right and just exactly how everybody wanted. And we know that doesn't always happen. <laughs> uh, what is one thing that has you inspired right now? I think one thing that really inspires me right now is seeing families grow in confidence and seeing how a positive birth experience can change families and the way they feel about their babies and the way they feel about parenting. I love it when a family has a positive birth experience and then makes that connection with a bigger part of life. And that's really, really inspiring to me to see both moms and dads see their birth experience as something that has taught them a greater lesson about themselves, whether they discovered strength or whether they were brought to the edge of themselves and were disappointed and then had to reconcile with that disappointment. Whatever the experience was, when I hear families talk about the way that that changed them and grew them, that's very inspiring to me. Awesome. What is one personal habit that keeps you on your A-game? You know, I decided to choose a personal habit that is really not necessarily connected to just being a doula, but just a personal habit that I feel helps me be a stronger, healthier person. And that is my prayer walks. I take regular prayer walks and I think taking moments to be still and to listen and to be aware of the present moment are so powerful and so life-giving. 
I have been really blessed by Christian contemplative spirituality and the practices of it, meditation or prayer walking or reading and praying have been real life-giving to me. And I find that even in the middle of a birth, I can do that. In the middle of my day, I can do that anywhere. I don't have to go to a specific place or be in a specific environment. I can do that anywhere. And I think that helps me regain perspective as a person, regardless of what's going on. And so I think that that helps me stay healthy as a person. And in turn, I think that helps me be a better doula. Awesome. (laughs) What is one internet resource like Kelly Mom that you swear by? You know, I don't know if I would use the verb swear, but I really recommend evidence-based birth. I recommend that website to every client that I have. I appreciate the articles. I appreciate the way it's organized. I appreciate that they present information in a way that's helpful in the process of decision-making and that there are articles and and references to what's there so that if parents want to follow up on something, they can see where those statements came from. They can see the articles or the studies or the, the way that data was analyzed. And so I think it's a very informative and helpful website that highlights a lot of the current issues in birth. Perfect. What one book would you recommend to the Dearest Doula community and why? I chose Birth Matters by Ina Gaskin. It's mm-hmm. Birth Matters, a Midwife's Manifesta. I chose it because I think it's inspiring It shows the power of birth stories and their impact on birth culture and the way that we talk about birth and the way that we think about birth and how much of an impact that can have on the practical realities of birth. I chose it also because it's so specific. Mm -hmm. She gives a short history of birth and how views of birth and culture um, on sexuality or feminism or technology or current obstetrical care on how all of those shape and affect the way that birth culture is developed in different places and how that affects women. And I think that as a doula, it's a really wonderful overview and provides so much food for thought. I think it's just a really wonderful piece of literature and very enjoyable too. It (laughs) It doesn't read like a textbook. So you can learn a lot and still be reading something that's really fulfilling and enjoying. Cool. Uh, What is one item other than yourself that you consider your must-have as a doula? I definitely would say my birth bag. I know that a lot of components go into a birth bag. (laughs) For me, my birth bag, I keep my water bottle in it and my journal, and I keep some personal items in there like a toothbrush and toothpaste. And yes, I do have my rebozo in there, and I do have some other things that are helpful for my clients A lot of times my clients bring their own things, like their own rice sock or their own tennis balls or their own. But I would say that I could not live without my birth bag. It's my little go-to spot. It's my one little place where I can put things that I need that I know I can count on during a short birth or a long birth or everything in between. Awesome. So next we have our $300 question. Let's say you woke up tomorrow in a completely new town. Your food and shelter are taken care of and you have $300. What steps would you take in the next 10 days to build your business? This was by far the most intimidating question of all because this is definitely not my strong point as a doula. 
But I think that it was good for me also to think about it because it really made, it really pushed me and made me think, well, what do I, what could I do? And I think other than some of the basics of joining a doula collective and paying whatever, you know, fee would it would cost to do that. I think that's good because relationship building with your fellow birth workers is so important. And I think that maybe I would get a haircut and (laughs) maybe build a little relationship there and share that I'm new in the area and what I do. And maybe if there was a good connection, leave behind a business card. And then I thought, you know, maybe I would see an acupuncturist and um, get a little bit of of a boost, you know, for my day that day. And then also try to build a little bit of relationship there. Um, I also think that getting to know people and building trust with them is important in terms of referrals. So perhaps I might introduce myself to some of the doulas in the collective and ask if they would like to go to coffee and maybe treat someone to a coffee and a conversation. I think that probably my strength is getting to know people. And so I probably would try to do anything that I could that was more of a personal nature. I am not as much of a marketer. And so I think that's definitely an area where I could grow as a doula. And I'm not sure exactly what other steps I would take, but that's what I would say for now. Oh, Carmen, I actually really love your answer. It's by far <laughs> the most creative and uh, different from, from everybody else's. And, you know, it really gives your your genuine personality a chance to shine in that local community. And so I think that's so neat and such a creative um, idea in going to go visit these other small business people and not only just coming in and, and saying, hi, he, you know, here's who I am and what I do, but actually seeking their services and creating that relationship and showing them that you value what they have to offer is really, I think, going to do a lot more to further um, to further that word of mouth and, and getting people to know, like, and trust you and have that return come back in one way or another as well. So that was really cool. I, I love that Thanks. answer. So thank you. <laughs> sure. You're welcome. Thanks for the encouragement. <laughs> yeah. Now, whether it comes to business building, attracting clients, or marketing your brand, what are some specific things you've done that you really feel have helped to elevate your business? I think some of the things that I try to do, first and foremost, I try to be sure that I'm taking very good care of the families that I serve and doing a really good job to connect with them and be a good listener to them and be sensitive to them and acknowledge important things in their life that maybe don't have to do with us working together in the birth, whatever. Sometimes couples will share things with me that have happened or things that are coming up. And sometimes I try to acknowledge those things, whether it was a birthday party or something at work that was coming up for them. And I will check in and say, how did that go? And is everything going okay with that? And I'll circle back around to things like that. So I think just trying to recognize the individuality of each client and pointing that out, I think is helpful and helps people know that you're really there for them and that you're listening. Staying in touch after the birth, I think has also been really important. Not that it has to be a lot, but just following up after the postpartum meeting and making sure that out, I mean, I like to do it out even to six weeks, just a little text message here and there to say, how are you? Have you healed up all the way? And is there any resources that I can send your way? Any articles or, or are you in a mom's group? Have you found a community that you feel like you can be a part of? I try to follow the moms a little bit longer than just our postpartum meeting so that they feel that they have someone in their corner. And we all know the postpartum time lasts so much longer than six weeks. And Mm -hmm. so I try to be a source, a resource for them 
and I encourage the families to email me if they need to. I also keep a journal, and during the birth, I like to highlight areas of strength that I see in the birthing family, specific qualities that I see come out in them towards each other or just in general. And during the postpartum meeting, I identify those. I tell them, I say, you know, in this moment, I saw you being strong like this, or I noticed this about you, or you said you wanted to be a good decision maker. And I just thought that in this moment, you made a really great decision and you thought through it really well and you expressed yourself really confidently. I really try to circle back around and help them to see what a great job they did. And especially in a birth where maybe things didn't go as planned, I try to draw upon the themes that were important to my clients in the prenatal meetings. Perhaps they said they wanted a calm environment or perhaps they said they wanted to feel like they were active participants in the decision-making. And I try my very best to draw out any of those things that actually existed, even though the birth preferences were not all met. And I think that that really helps my clients to see that they had a witness that was there that valued their experience and that can share that with them. Oh, that's beautiful. I really love that idea of, like you said, you're just kind of highlighting those areas of strength. And it's a beautiful way of praising those parents and helping them to reflect back on their experience. I mean, we all know birth can just be a big blur um, mm-hmm. for, for some of our clients. And so getting to have that that moment of reflection and that feedback and that that I don't even know what the right word is, but kind of like, um, I don't know. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That affirmation on, you know, I I know maybe you you didn't feel so great here. You felt like this was shaky. Let me tell you what I saw. Let me tell Mm -hmm. you these times where you demonstrated this great, you know, this or that. And I don't know, maybe I'm going to have to edit this part out, but but that's (laughs) awesome. I love that. Um, So really, really cool. Thank you. And then uh, lastly, what is a success quote that inspires you? I chose, I have to tell you that I ended up looking up quotes because all the ones that I (laughs) immediately thought of were way too long. So I did look up quotes and I came, I came up with this quote and I, I, it's not necessarily because I know so much about Winston Churchill and his life, (laughs) but I really liked it. And so I'm going to share it. And this is what it is. It says success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. And I love that because I think that birth work has that nature to it. I think we're going to have seasons where we just feel like everything is going so well and whatever success means to us in that season, you know, we're experiencing it. It doesn't necessarily stay that way forever. There are times within that where we might feel like we failed or we made a mistake or we didn't ask the right question or Whatever it is, we're going to make mistakes because we're human. And mm-hmm. no one, you're not going to die because of that. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. your business isn't going to die because of that. You're human and you're just going to make mistakes. And that's part of the process. And then the courage to continue that counts. I love that part. I love mm-hmm. that sometimes you have to just keep going and tell yourself, that you need to overcome whatever it was, that you need to accept whatever shortcoming, that you need to believe in the powerful, positive aspects of what you do. And, you know, so often I hear that reflected back to me in my fellow doulas when I tell them how I'm feeling about things. They'll say, you know, don't forget, you are doing these things really well. And 
continuing on is part of what it takes to be a birth worker. I think it takes a lot of courage to continue doing what we do, especially if we happen to work outside of birth environments that are nurturing to our families or especially supportive of their wishes. I think courage is just so valuable in our work. And that is the quote that I would share. Awesome. Carmen, thank you again so much. You have such a lovely spirit that really shines through in our interview. And it's been an absolute joy getting to chat with you this last half an hour. Um, The Dearest Stula community truly believes that what you do matters. So let's go ahead and wrap up today with you sharing just a quick parting piece of guidance for our listeners, a little bit more about your business and the best way we can connect with you. And then we'll say goodbye. Okay. I would say don't get discouraged. What you do matters. Being a doula is such a valuable work. It's part of changing the birth culture for families. It's part of giving babies a healthier start. It's part of supporting and loving women and giving them an opportunity to have a non-judgmental relationship in their life. And sometimes some women never experience that. And what a gift Mm -hmm. that that is. So Don't get discouraged out there, doulas. Hang in there. Your work matters, and it's beautiful work. In terms of myself and how to get a hold of me, the best way to learn a little bit more about me is to visit my website, carmenoats.com. It has my email. I'm always great at answering emails. You can also call me on my phone. All of my information is on my website. You can also find my bio on the Capital City Doula Collective website. And I always love to hear about birth journeys. I love to answer questions. Sometimes families will call me and they will realize that maybe their journey isn't going to involve having a doula, but our connection was really positive and healthy. And sometimes they'll write me back and tell me about their birth story and say, thank you for Mm -hmm. talking to me or thank you for encouraging me. So I always love to hear from families. If you have any questions that you feel I can answer or any resources I can connect your way, please don't hesitate to call or contact me. Again, my website is carmenoats.com. Beautiful. Well, the Dearest Doula community will be able to find links to everything of value that we mentioned on today's show, including all those best ways to connect with you by going to dearestdoula.com, clicking on the podcast button and finding your name in the show notes page, or by typing in Carmen Oates in the search bar. That's C-A-R-M-E-N and Oates is spelled O-A-T-E-S. If you guys type that in, you'll be able to find this show notes page. It should pop right up. So again, thanks so much for coming on, Carmen and sharing your insights and journeys with the Dearest Doula community. Um, Thanks to your interview, we're now all one step closer to being connected, educated, and empowered. And we send you a big warm hug and hope you have a great day. Thanks so much, Natalie. It was great talking with you today.